Hey everyone, it's Heidi here. I'm so honored to be able to share this message on the fear of the Lord. I hope this message inspires and encourages you to realize that God is bigger than any problems we're facing right now and that Jesus is so worthy to be honored. God bless. Well, good morning. I'm so excited to be able to share the word with you guys today. Um, I have a word on my heart. I woke up this weekend. Uh, Pastor Jake had asked me to share the word, and immediately the Lord spoke to me about um, what he would like to share with you guys today. So I'm excited about this. Psalms 19 verse 1 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak and night after night they make him they make his name known bow your heads with me this morning father we thank you today for your um, magnificence your grandeur father we thank you that even the heavens declare your glory and father god today as we study your word i pray that you would illuminate our hearts to your great mercy that you would show us and reveal to us your plan of love to us god let us be encouraged holy spirit be my translator lord that you would take the words of scripture and make them alive to us father god we love you today in jesus name amen i got a few videos i got a video and a few pictures i want to show you this morning tony go ahead and play that first video this message today is called stand if there's sound oh this isn't a video well i am in a minute as it's going all right, so this is the James Webb Telescope. There's no sound. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of this. This is a, a massive telescope that they've sent into space to see the deepest recesses of space. Webb will explore cosmic history from our solar system to the most distant galaxies. Um, today's images represent the future of space discovery. Um, Pastor Jake, come up here. I think you know just a tiny bit more about this guy than I do. This James Webb telescope. Has anybody heard of the Hubble space telescope that they put up, kind of went around orbit? Well, this one is like many, many times more powerful and it's infrared, just super powerful. It was something like 20 years of research and development and building and get this over 10 billion dollars multinational project to put this super powerful telescope uh, in its deep space it doesn't just go around it's over a million miles away and by now it's even more than that i think but it's basically going into deep space and it's taking the infrared pictures from hundreds of light years actually millions of light years away so super super powerful and uh, they're just discovering so many things about our universe that they're having to almost like rewrite what they've been teaching us it's like the more they discover they're like oh this is a little different than we thought and so they put together the greatest minds and 10 billion dollars and it's basically led Tim them to see a lot of things that we didn't see before. But basically, they're having, they're still in awe of just how big our universe is. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, I'm reminded of the famous words from Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. <laughs> um, so the greatest minds on Earth 
the most money that we can spend and the most technology that we can muster up as a civilization, we are still discovering that space is infinite. There, it, it, it keeps going and going, and it's mind-blowing. Go to the next picture. Um, the, this is, what you're seeing right here, is the farthest picture that we've ever been able to capture as a human race. Those are not stars. Those are galaxies. We're in our galaxy on one planet, and these are other galaxies. The, it's it's ridiculous how many galaxies there are in the universe. Go to the next one. That's okay. We're getting there. Some of these images you can't really see on this projector screen, so I encourage you to go look them up. This is another one, Carina Nebula. This is just a nebula, a cloud, dust, whatever it is in space, and it's it's crazy. Um, this is another nebula, a galaxy that they've they've captured, and then the next one. This is an image. This is the what is it? Yes, please, because I don't know. I've been talking about this stuff, and she's like, so I want to go back to this one. So this image right here, the way it was explained is if you took a grain of sand in your finger and you held it out at arm's length, that's, that's what that's capturing. That's how small it's, and it, see, and it zooms out and it's seeing all these galaxies that are just like crazy far away that our minds can't even can't even contain and then they went on to basically get more insight into the center of our universe and this was really interesting can I read this I had to write this down so I wouldn't wouldn't forget this right here um, it says they were trying to look at the center of the galaxy and it said a very strange discovery was made by NASA themselves as they were trying to trying out their new telescopes. They tried to get a picture of the center of our galaxy, but after the picture was officially released, it was discovered that at the center of the galaxy lies a huge cross-shaped structure of some sort. And NASA was saying that, you know, this is this is not pointing to God or anything. This is just some kind of black hole and a an anomaly that that I'm thinking just so happens to be what they think is the center of our galaxy is an image of a cross. Wow. So now I'm going to read. We're going to leave that up there. Now I'm going to read Psalms 19 again. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. The voice of Bible says it this way, the heavens tell the story of God's faithfulness. There is a story that we're still learning. I've, I'm reminded of a scripture that says, as deep cries to deep, right? <clears throat> I'm going to read Psalms 19, uh, verse 3. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. This is the message of the heavens that we just saw. 
<laughs> God has made a home in heaven, a home in heaven for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. And reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. That word reverence means the fear of the Lord. I'm going to read, I'm, I'm going to be spouting out some scriptures today. I encourage you to take notes today in your phone or with a notepad. Psalms 33 verse 8 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Today there was a part of our song that said that we stand in awe. We stand in awe. Today my sermon is called stand. There are many things in this world to take a stand for. There are many things to put your foot down and to die on that heel and to, I'm going to stand for this morality. I'm going to stand for this. But I'm here to encourage you today to stand in the fear of the Lord. That our stand should be in him. Psalms 103, I'm, gonna, I'm painting a picture here for you before we dive into this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, we just saw how high are they? Infinite. How high are the heavens above the earth? Infinite. This scripture, Psalms 103 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love towards those who fear him. Amen. This says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his faithful love if you fear him. That means to me, that translates to me, that when I stand in the fear of the Lord, that his love, his mercy extends for eternity. There's no end. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I don't think that we really get it. How can we? <laughs> How can we get it? How? I mean, with our most advanced technology and our most brilliant minds, we still have not grasped the end of eternity. So how can we truly understand the love and the mercy of our God? Today, I want to talk about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How high are the heavens from the earth? We don't know. The astronomers keep expanding their concept of the size of the universe. Sometimes I think that they are putting God farther away, but they are just extending his mercy. This is Chuck Smith, commentator, said that. A lot of times it feels like God's way out there, but if we listen to the story that the heavens are telling us, if the heavens proclaim the story, if the heavens are telling us a story about God, what is the heavens saying to us? That his mercy is as endless as infinity. That means when it says you woke up this morning with new mercies, God remembers your sin no more. It actually says in the New Testament that love keeps no record of wrongs. That's his mercy towards those who fear him. Church, come on. This is a wondrous and an awestruck thing that we stand in awe of a God that would forgive us. Who are we mere mortals that he is mindful of us? 
out of all of the creation and eternity and all of those, those expanses of space, he is mindful of you. And he extended mercy to us this morning. Wow. That is awesome. One time when I was a youngster, um, I know I look young, but I'm not as young as I look. Um, when, one time when I was a youngster, I said, man, that's awesome. Awesome was a big word back when I was in high school. And my, I don't remember who it was, my mom or dad, one of them said, no, God's awesome. <laughs> and that, I, I thought it was really silly and kind of lame when they said it to me back then. But now that I know the meaning of awesome, that it's, it, we stand in awe of this great God who gave us mercy this morning that extends beyond the heavens is the most wonderful picture. So the heavens tell the story of God's love and his mercy. The expanse of heaven is infinite and we cannot measure the depth of space. So the Lord's mercy towards him who fear him. We can't measure God's mercy. We can't measure his grace. We, we can't. Today I'm going to talk about, and we're going to go through this quickly, but I'm going to talk about the fear of the Lord. We're going to talk about three points this morning if you're taking notes. What is the fear of God? why we should fear God, and how do we fear God. There's three kinds of fears <clears throat> I'm going to talk about. First of what is the fear of God? We're going to talk about three different kinds of fears. You think, well, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, but I'm supposed to fear God? Well, that don't make no sense. <laughs> that's stupid. I mean, that's what I used to put scripture together like that. I'm like, I don't, that's that's weird, right? And so that's why we have to be as students of the word um, and study the Bible. But there's three kinds of fears. I uh, like to tell teenagers, number, the first kind of fear is horror movie fear. Now, you're not supposed to watch horror movies, okay? <laughs> we don't watch Chucky and all those scream and all that. Don't. Don't watch those. Um, it's not fun to be scared. Just saying. I know October's coming around the corner, you know, but we're not going to magnify the devil with horror movies. But there, I call this horror movie fear. It's the kind of fear um, of there's, there's a devil around every corner. Whoop, you're just jumpy, you're scared, you can't go to bed at night, and just like, everything scares you, right? That's an unhealthy fear. The second kind of fear I want to talk about is a healthy fear. Don't touch fire, <laughs> right? Be careful when you cut your knife. Dad gummit, every time Seth cuts a watermelon, he about chops his finger off. <laughs> He is not allowed to chop watermelons anymore because I'm telling you, he has almost nicked himself to the bone. Let me tell you a gross story. The other day, he was, he was, uh, we were, he, he likes uh, making big steak fries with our hamburgers, my 12 year old son. And when we have this chopper, this potato chopper, and it's like a, you know, you put the potato in it and you do this and it chops it into little fries or whatever. Well, he, couldn't get this potato it was a big one to go so he pressed down on it and I mean cut his thumb in this in the shape of, a, <laughs> of the grid and it almost got to the bone I'm telling you that's a healthy fear because now he cut potatoes last night and he did not cut his finger on that thing because he was he learned his lesson <laughs> So there's some healthy fears, right? Don't run into the middle of Highway 59, right? You, know, you don't mix bleach with ammonia, right? I mean, <laughs> there's just some, some fears that are good, right? So healthy fears. And the third fear I want to talk about and the difference here is the fear of God. This word means to stand in awe or reverence. That's not a word we use nowadays, reverence. 
is it Clayton? Like reverence, like when's the last time you ever said the word reverence? Never. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, Of of us mamas, we're like, you need to have reverence in the house of God. That's about the only time that I (laughs) use the word reverence. But today I want to talk about this word reverence. Do we know who Elohim is? The word calls the the name for God, this high and lifted up version of God, this, this magnificent and grandeur version of God is Elohim. It's the God of the heavens. Do we know Elohim? Do we know who he is? Do we understand him? Psalms 24 in the Amplified says it this way, and you'll hear Brother Lee shouting this out sometimes in prayer. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. This is Elohim. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and lift them up, you ancient doors, so that the king of glory may come in. Who is This king of glory, the Lord of hosts, translates Elohim. He is the king of glory who rules over all creation with his heavenly armies, Selah. Who is this king of glory? He's Elohim. Well, it won't make no sense. I don't don't say Elohim. But we need to say it off of our lips. He is the Lord of the heavens. He is the Lord, high and mighty. He is the king of glory. It says here in our first scripture that the heavens declare the glory of God. This is Elohim. This is the high one. This is our God. Now, we're talking about healthy fears. Now, when when we stand in the fear of God, I I like to explain it to teenagers this way. I've been a youth pastor for a long time and, and kids, is that God has the ability to squash me like a bug. I mean, he does. We saw him do it in the Old Testament, right? I mean, he didn't like something, flood. He didn't like something, earthquake. He didn't like something, disease and pestilence. And Dante was talking about that today. God, that seemed kind of mean. Like, I thought God's kind. I thought Jesus is kind. But you read the Old Testament and there's a fury side and there's a wrath side that I don't know about you, but the Jesus that's coming back in his glory, I want to be behind his horse, not in front of him. I don't want to be on the wrath side of God. I want to be on his team. I want to be behind him with the heavenly armies fighting with him. There's a look I got chills right now I was talking about the fear of God should set something inside of you that it's almost like fire in your bones that there is a fear of God that we should walk in that God has the ability to squash us like a bug you know um when I was little my brother um would get magnifying glasses and he would like fry ants with the light rays you know <laughs> I thought it was so mean. I'm like, Josh, why'd you do that? He would he would pull the legs off lizards, you know. He would break the tails off. And, you know, he was just one of those boys. You know, boys are boys, right? And, <laughs> you know, because he's bigger than the bug, right? And he has the ability, you know. God has the ability, but he doesn't. Because he's good and he's kind. And his mercy extends the heavens, Right? And he, he, is, he does not wipe out whole generations anymore because of we are under a new covenant. So God is to be feared and revered. He is to be feared and revered. We need to have a healthy respect of God. I, I see too many t-shirts that say, Jesus is my homie. 
or Jesus is my, my Bessie. All these memes and all these YouTubes and reels talking about Jesus being, you know, bringing Jesus down to our level. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's not true. He's holy. He's Elohim. He's the high one. He is the God of the heavens. He is the Lord of hosts. And he is the king of glory. And when we walk into his presence, like Isaiah says, I am undone in his presence. Woe is me. I am unclean. That's what, that's the feeling I get a lot of times when I'm in the Lord's presence. But it says that he takes the coal, he takes the fire, he takes the blood and the mercy and he applies it to me. Right? There is a mercy seat that we yet to talk about a lot of times. There's a mercy of God. The mercies of God extend out to the heavens like that James Webb telescope. Now listen, when, when, when there was one time we went to the zoo. I don't remember which one, but our kids loved the zoo when they were little. And uh, I don't remember if to remind me who it was, but one of the kids, it might have been you. <laughs> there was a lion that was uh, uh, with the big mane and everything right there on the other side of the glass. And we're like, oh, kitty, kitty. You know? And it like, you know, and it, it charged at the glass and it scared the whoopee out of us. I mean, like, I don't want to say whoopee anymore, but it, it, you know, it scared us so bad. And there's a glass between us and we're like, whoa, no wonder he's called the king of the jungle. I mean, his muscles and his veins and his, rah, and you saw his teeth and he was literally right there. And you're like, uh, you know, <laughs> so scary. I have a healthy respect for that lion. I do not want to be caught in the African jungles and a lion pop up on that rock, right? <laughs> Listen. Today we, we sung about the awe of God. I stand in awe. The fear of God, it means to stand in respect. It means to stand in reverence. It means to stand in awe. And the most awe-inspiring thing to me is not God's um, wrath that I've been talking about. The most awe-inspiring thing that, that, it, that awes me and, and causes wonder the most is his mercy and his love. I, I, I just, I can't even, when I think about his mercy, I, I, I can't even, it's like this telescope. Like my brain can't say those are galaxies, not stars. Oh my gosh, what? That's what I feel when I think about God's mercy. It's so big. Uh, today, um, as we talk about this and we continue to talk about this, there are many stands to take in life, but the greatest and most important stand you'll ever take is to stand in the fear of God. Proverb or uh, Psalm says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Part of my relationship with God involves my fear of him. In fact, there is a sense of which I can tell you that all believers fear God and all non-believers do not fear God. The very term to fear God is a statement about who a believer is and who is not. Wow, huh? Psalms 36.1 says, Transgression speaks to the ungodly within his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. If you want to be smart, then fear God. I love the way uh, Dwight in the office says it. Have you seen that meme? <laughs> Basically, he sums up Proverbs 
don't be an idiot. <laughs> Fear God. <laughs> Those little office jokes, right? Um, Knowing God's love is the beginning point, but there is no end to his love and mercy. Proverbs 1 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7 in the Amplified, oh, I'm not going to read that. I'm running out of time. We can't come to God flippantly. We must reverence him. We can't expect to go into the presence of a holy God just casually. I want to talk about a few stories today. They're going to convict you, and I hope they do, because they convict me. There was a, a son um, in the Old Testament. His name was Uzzah. You might not have heard about Uzzah. Have you ever heard of Uzzah? Okay. Uzzah was uh, the son of Obed, and the Ark of the Covenant had been left at Obed's house for a little while. There was a lot of story behind that. And they began to, David said, it's time to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. It's time to bring the presence of the Lord back to Jerusalem. So they, they got the ark of the covenant out of Obed's house. Uzzah, his son, had been raised under the presence of the Lord. He had, dwelt, he, he had grown up with the ark of the covenant in the house. And it said that they put the Ark of the Covenant on an oxen court, which cart, which out number one was disobedience. Nobody, they weren't supposed to put the Ark on an oxen uh, cart. They were supposed to carry it with the, pre, the Levitical priest. <clears throat> but here, so here's the Ark of the Covenant on the oxen cart, and they're going down in this parade, and they're going down to Jerusalem, and, and they're doing this parade, and um, this procession, really. And it said that the oxen hit a rock, and the Ark of the Covenant was falling off onto the ground, and Uzzah reached up to put the Ark of the Covenant back on the cart. This is another story, Dante. It's like, what? And he was trying to help, you know? And he... he Push the Ark of the Covenant back, which no one's supposed to touch the presence of the Lord. And it said that he fell over dead. <laughs> fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Another one uh, that I want to talk about is Ananias and Sapphira in the, Holy, in, in the New Testament. These, this couple made money off of some land. And it said that they had already committed to tithe some of that money to the church. And when they got before um, the, the church leadership, they lied. But it didn't say they lied to the leadership. It said they lied to the Holy Ghost. And Ananias died first. Boom. Peter looked at him and he said, you just lied to the Holy Ghost. Boom. He died. And then Sapphira, his wife, they brought her in, questioned her the same thing. Where's this money? Oh, I don't know. And he, Peter said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. And she did. That, these stories should remind us that God can squish us like a bug, but he does not. Listen, there is a holiness and a fear of God that we don't talk about in our culture enough. As a mother of three, the greatest legacy that I've ever instilled into my children is the fear of God. Amen. The fear of God is the knowledge of him, seeking him, understanding him. When you pursue knowing yourself, you are not wise. But when you pursue knowing him, you are wise. <clears throat> Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's Proverbs 3, 7. We're fixing to talk about what it means to be wise in your own eyes for a minute. But first of all, I want to talk about um, Psalms 33, 8. It says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. 
And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to interject this here. The Bible says that, every, that, that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I don't want to be forced to do that. But every knee will bow. There's going to be a day you'll bow and you'll declare. I want to do it on this side, on his love side, on his mercy side, on his grace side. Right? <clears throat> Who or what do you fear? Is it culture? Is it being popular? Is it keeping up with the Joneses? Is it success? Is it financial freedom? Is it sickness? What do you fear? Will we bow to culture? Will we buckle under pressure? Will we give in to sin and temptation? Or will we stand in the fear of the Lord? Because when you stand in the fear of the Lord, it changes your entire motivation for life. When you fear God, you, you live your day differently. Right? We live with the Lord in mind. When I wake, it, it's like marriage. When I wake up in the morning, my first thing on my mind before, I mean, after the Lord, and I've had my time with the Lord is Jake. Right? That I think about him and I prefer him and I, how can I make his day better? How can I serve him? I live my day with him on my, on, on my mind. <clears throat> Number two, that was, what is the fear of the Lord? Number two, why should we fear, fear the Lord? And I'm going to rattle through these real quick. Proverbs 14, 7 says to escape from traps. The fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. It brings security and protection. Proverbs 19, 23 says, fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Why do we fear the Lord? And I'm only going to talk about one of these today, but why do we fear the Lord? I see this creeping in our culture so much, and I call it the Esau syndrome. You remember Esau in the Old Testament? He was Jacob's brother, and he had been out doing stuff in the woods and hunting stuff, and he came in, and he was really hungry, and someone had made really good soup or chili or something, and it said that he, his, uh, you know, valid that his brother tricked him, but we're not talking about that Esau traded his inheritance, his birthright, for a bowl of soup for the moment. He did not fear God. He did not see the whole picture. And I see this creeping in, trading destiny for the pleasures of life. I see so many people wanting so much more and lusting for so many things that they trade they trade the goodness of God for the things of this world. And I'm telling you, the scripture says, Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. I fear that in the church even there's this prosperity gospel that's being taught. That's the false gospel. That if you have all this wealth and success, then you've arrived. I'm here to tell you today that it is better to have little than with the fear of the Lord than to have a ton of things and have turmoil and strife. Don't trade what you need for what you want. And, you, and your need is a way different than you think. Our need is his mercy. Right? The trap is here is like Proverbs says, when you become wise in your own eyes. I'm good. I don't need that. I got this. I'm smart. 
You have no fear of God when you're wise in your own eyes, and it's a slippery slope. I'm going to say this wisdom to you, church, today, and I'm telling you this is the Lord. It's okay to say no. It's okay to not be cool. It's okay to have a little bit. I see too many Christians living with too much and always wanting more. I'm guilty of it. There's no fear of God nor trust of him, Jehovah Jireh, my provider in their lives. There's no self-control. It's okay to live simple. Let me, let me tell you that. It's okay to not have something. It's okay to have a little church. In America, we think the more treasure we have, the better we look. But with it comes more turmoil, debt, stress, work. But to have little and fear God is better. And that's from scripture. I have seen some of the happiest people have the littlest. When we were in, um, I, I think probably the poorest people I've ever seen was in Thailand. In the slums near Burma. These people had nothing. Not even, the children didn't even have shoes. They had nothing. They just had mud. And it, and it wasn't just mud. It was sewer mud. Their houses were built in the sewers. It was the most degrading and dehumanizing place I've ever seen in my life. But yet there were some of the most happy people I've ever met. I'm like, how can you be happy in these conditions? Because they operate in the fear of the Lord. They understand that their treasure is not on this earth. That, it, that They understood this scripture. It's better to be godly and have little and, and live in the fear of the Lord than to have great abundance and be in turmoil. Psalms 37, 16 says, It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. <laughs> Why do we fear the Lord? Um, another point is God tells you his secrets. Psalms 25, 14 says, The secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him. And he will make them known his covenant. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on. Point three. How do I fear the Lord? Okay, Miss Heidi. I, I get it. I got the three fears. I, I see why now. How do I do this? It's real simple. Obey what he says. Obey his word. I want to, talk, I want to end today talking about two men. <clears throat> I want to talk about a man named Jonah. And I want to talk about a man named Ananias, a different one. Jonah, in Jonah chapter 1, it says that God asked Jonah, this man of God, to do something really hard. He asked him to go to these people, I'll just call them the woke mob. The Ninevites, they were the woke mob. They were aggressive. They were progress. They were aggressive and progressive. They were very loud with their aggression and violence. They were known for their killing. They were known for standing for and rioting in the streets for their causes. And if you didn't like it, they'd chop your head off. They were very aggressive culture and people, and they were very seductive. They were very sexual. They were a very gross and nasty culture. And they were mean, and they were loud, and they were intimidating. That's why I call them the woke mob. We see this. And God called Jonah to go there in the middle of the street in one of their woke mob moments and tell them to repent and turn to God or they were all going to die. <laughs> you know? All right. 
<laughs> and uh, Jonah did what I would do. He whined and ran away. <laughs> he said, uh, no, you can find someone else. <laughs> I'm not doing that. And he went the opposite direction and he disobeyed God. And he got on this boat and all these bad things started happening and the sailors were like, what's going on? We're cursed. And Jonah's like, you are, <laughs> it's me, <laughs> I'm the curse. And they're like, throw him overboard. It's a whole drama, it's a movie. And they threw him overboard and it's not Hollywood. You know the story, the fish swallowed him and he finally got it right. But the end of the story was, you know, the Ninevites, they, the woke mob, they, they turned and it was great. And he was not happy about it. <laughs> It, the end of his story says that he sat under a tree and whined and cried and, you know, did not like it. Are we going to be Jonah? God is going to ask you to do something hard. Sorry. Jake's been preaching on brave, Christi brave Christianity. Or are we going to be like this next dude that I'm going to tell you about? His name was Ananias. And I love this guy. So the scene is um, Saul was out persecuting Christians. Remember Saul in the New Testament? He was killing Christians. He thought he was doing God a favor, killing people from the way. You know, this, these heretics, you know. He was out killing Christians and their families, beheading them, and he had his experience on the road to Damascus. You remember the light and the blindness and the God and the why are you persecuting me and the whole thing? And he, he got blind and he went to Tarsus, right? <clears throat> and he was, he was there and he was blind and he was having this humbling moment with the, with the Christ, with the Lord. And this, um, and, and I'm actually going to uh, read this in Acts chapter 9 uh, because it's so good <clears throat> if you want to go there with me um, and beat me one two three go beat me anybody beat me you're there oh, Kayla my own kid beat me okay <clears throat> okay I love this. It's verse 10. Uh, Acts 9 verse 10 says, Now there was a believer, or some translations say a disciple, in Damascus named Ananias. Sorry, it wasn't Tarsus, it was Damascus. Named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. He said, Yes, Lord, here am I. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street. I mean, the Lord was very specific. He said, Go down to Richmond, Robin. And go over to this house, and there's this, you know, terrorist. Okay, so he go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias. That's you. Coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Oh, Ananias. Because he did the same thing Jonah did. He said, whoa. Who, wait, but Lord, don't you know this guy? I mean, have you heard the news? Have you been watching the news? This isn't a good man. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, exclamation point. <laughs> and he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. So in a little scared, okay? God asks you to do something hard, there's going to be this moment of fear. Right. Who are you going to fear, though? Are you going to fear man, or are you going to fear God? 
Well, obviously Ananias feared God because the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and the kings as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And I just, my little heart wonders if Ananias was like, oh, he's going to suffer? Okay, I'll go tell him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a hottie version. <laughs> sure, Lord, send me if they're going to suffer. <laughs> Sorry. Holy Spirit, forgive me. 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. He did what? He obeyed him. He obeyed the Lord. And we know the rest. He actually walked into the house like this and he was like, In Jesus' name, receive from me. He didn't even say hi. <laughs> I mean, that'd be weird, right? Walking to someone's house and just laying hands on them right there. But he did that. And Paul, you know, opened his eyes and it was a really great story. <clears throat> In closing, God asked both of them to do a hard thing. They both had a valid reason not to go. Jonah suffered many trials, but Ananias reaped the reward of obedience and the healing of Paul's eyes and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Here's, here's the reaping of Ananias in Acts 9. This is just a few scriptures forward. It says, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. It also grew in numbers. Wow, that's the, end of, that's the end of Ananias' story. That is his, he got to be a part of the growing of, of the church because of his obedience to do something hard and it made no sense. Listen, Psalms 33 says, Behold, the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him and worship him with awe-inspired reverence and obedience. Don't be a people pleaser this morning. Fight that. Fear God. Matthew 10, 28, the words of Jesus says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather be afraid of him who can destroy both, both soul and body in hell. What can mere mortals do to me? They can kill me. Oh, that's so bad. Really? Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. <laughs> so we can just get over that. We can get over being persecuted, looking stupid, losing our dignity, you know, looking like a Jesus freak. Just embrace it. Embrace awkward. I'm here to encourage you today to embrace awkward. I've actually loved this. This is something like a thing that I love to walk into places and like be awkward for Jesus. I do it all the time. <laughs> and, and when I say awkward for Jesus, I'm not saying... Well, yes, I am being a fool for Christ. It's okay to pray for people in Walmart. It's okay to say, God bless you. I, get, I wear Christian t-shirts out all the time and people say, I like your t-shirt. Or they'll say, what does that mean? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I get to tell them about Jesus. I do it all the time. Tim's one of them in Walmart. He used comment on my shirt. And I was actually annoyed that day in Walmart because I was in a hurry. <laughs> Tim wanted to know what my, my scripture on my shirt meant. <laughs> Anyway, if y'all know Tim, he's awesome. And he's here now because of that. But I want to encourage you with this last scripture. Luke chapter 12, verse 4 says, And I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who can kill the body. And after that can do nothing more. But I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. 
This morning, church, I'm here to bring a message of hope because God is to be feared. But if we remember, just like that telescope, his mercy endures forever. The, the further that we dive into God, the more we're going to see his mercies are great. Just like this telescope. We, the farther they look into space, so the most advanced technology that we have, it only proclaims more of God's faithfulness and his love, but it also invokes an awe-inspiring fear that he is so great and he is so magnificent and so beyond my finite mind, and yet he is mindful of me. Yet he is mindful of me. Of me. So why do I fear man again? <laughs> I like your I like your laugh, Steve. You got it. What can mere man do to me? Nothing. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I just pray that you would, you would invoke a holy fear in us this morning. A fear that would, we would stand in awe of you, God. Of your greatness, of your glory, Lord. Of your mercy and your wonder. Father, we are so grateful, like the song said. We, we have so much gratitude in our heart this morning for you. So much gratitude, Lord, that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth, and yet you are mindful of me. Wow. Wow, Lord. How can I not love you back? How can I not respond in, live, in giving my entire life to you? How can I not res respond, Lord? I, I have no option, Lord, but to fall face down and to declare your worth and to declare your glory here on this earth. Lord, I thank you so much for your great mercy. Help us to take the biggest stand of our life and to stand in the fear of the Lord. Help us to have holy fear, Lord. Father, that we wouldn't fear things of this earth. We wouldn't have unhealthy fears, Lord. I thank you that you've not given us an evil spirit of fear, but you've given us a, a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Yeah, Holy Spirit's wanting to, to deal with some fears here today. There's, there's some unhealthy fears in this room. I, I know it. The Holy Spirit's showing me unhealthy fears this morning. And we're just going to take a few moments here. And if you have some unhealthy fears, you know what they are. I want you to trade that for the fear of the Lord. I want you to lay down those fears. God didn't give you that fear. A fear of the future. A fear of finances a fear of a predator around every corner, a fear of our country falling, a fear of your children not making it, a fear of whatever it is, those are unhealthy fears. And I just want you to lay those down right now. And now I want you to trade that for the fear of the Lord. I want you to get a healthy fear of God. Because if God is for you, who can be against you?
And when the creator of heaven backs you up, there is nothing that's impossible for you. And so there's nothing to fear but him. Father, get us, get our minds right this morning. Holy Spirit, get our minds right in the name of Jesus. Yeah, God's doing something right now in the quiet. And in the quiet of this moment, we can't fear the quiet. Learn to embrace these moments of quiet. Let the Holy Spirit work and deal with those fears. Some of you can't sleep at night. You're staying awake scared. Staying awake, worried and anxious. Some of you have been hurt and are afraid you're going to be hurt again. And the Lord's wanting to calm those fears. And he's wanting you to see that he is the one to be feared. He... <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Father, we trust you with our lives. We trust you, Lord. You are our hope for all eternity, Lord. And I say this again, if the Lord is for us, who can be against us? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to read this over you one more time. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. And the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The fear of the Lord is pure, lasting forever, and the laws of the Lord are true. Verse 12, keep your eyes closed. I want you to hear this with your spirit. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Keep your servant from the deliberate sins and don't let them control me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. My rock, O oh Lord, and my redeemer. Thank you, Lord. Father, I bless my friends here today. I thank you, Lord God, that as they go on with their week, Lord, that they would, they would take every step forward with you in mind. They would take every step forward, Lord, with you in mind, knowing that even when we mess up, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. So, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you, Lord. And I thank you that you withhold no good thing from, from those who fear you. And we thank you for that, Lord, this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.